So welcome back. We are going to continue with this text from Saint Mark, ascetic, and we are continuing with text number 93. Evils reinforce each other, so do virtues, thus encouraging us to still greater efforts. Yeah, this is very beautiful and very important, like spiritual law. If you remember that, it can help us. Um, look, like passion, uh, we can uh, define like, like firm and persistent, like desire to sin in particular way, and it is inclination uh, towards towards sin, and it is uh, it is state of soul which finds pleasure in sinful acts, and. Now, there is no passion which starts like immediately with full force. Each passion starts like something almost innocent, almost like well, we even though we do not notice, but it grows. And when we start to notice, okay, this is passion in me, this inclination towards sin. Already, when we notice that already we have like some kind of habit established in us. But this time when we should start to fight this whole power or strength against this, because as the spiritual law says, that the evil grows or, or gains strength from one of another. Uh, the same thing is with, uh, with, um, with passions. Um, uh, if you remember um, words of Saint Theodore the Great, we were talking about this text. So he says in one text that that you who are friend of Christ notice that if one passion finds in you place and puts roots there to your heart. So this passion will invite other passions to the same sanctuary, what is your heart. And uh, the same thing is that, uh, this, and this is what we have to realize, that if we, we might ignore one, uh, one passion and think, okay, I cannot deal with that, but well, otherwise I will be okay. No, if we ignore one, so then we will very soon uh, start to notice uh, uh, other passions who start to be present in our life. I was watching yesterday or day before. There was like some kind of video. Uh, the, the title uh, caught my attention and uh, it was discussion uh, like panel talking about various things it was short like 15 minutes but uh, probably it was like clip from longer format and uh, it started with that, that one lady there, she had cross on 
her chest and and that moderator he asked well why are you wearing cross if you are doing this work she's what is that uh, fan only fans only fan yeah and uh, uh, and he said well so are you Christian and she answered well yeah I am Christian I believe in God and everything but how it is possible you know that if you are Christian doing these things and she started to she had a hard time with that but she insisted that well and she said well she's not doing anything wrong that and actually she thought that God gave her this opportunity to bless her and they tried to explain her that well that it is uh, well if you are Christian so you believe in the Bible you cannot uh, take one commandment outside from Bible you know from he said well Bible is not in everything right but I'm saying that it came to my mind when I was reading that and look she became like slave of one passion uh, with that came another passion slowly this ignorance this this not ability this blindness not ability to see true against or to have to be decided to have like very bad understanding of Christian life and uh, well so we have to be very careful that we should not ignore any passion because very soon if we, if we don't fight with a passion, uh, another one will come. And now <coughs> we can say that that it is difficult because we might, for example, some somebody can have like this overeating as a passion, you know, or. Um, some lying, some uh, whatever passion it is, and if we try to fight against this, it's not so easy. We confess that again, again, and but it seems that we don't make any progress. We are we are fighting with that. We try to pay attention, but still we see they are failing again, again, and uh, because of that, many times there is uh, this temptation to. To, to give up to some kind to came to the point when some kind of resignation come to the soul that we can say, tell ourselves well, we are, I was trying, trying, trying years and nothing and so I, I don't care anymore it's it very, very common like temptation but um, Branchino says this wonderfully that he, he gives in uh, this chapter about uh, repentance in the end he reminds us of, he warns us that if we resign if we don't fight if we give up so then uh, there will be judgment over us by God but he reminds then opposite that and he says, this is very, what, what gives us hope, he, 
I think it was citing Isaiah that that I will make your even your hearts are I will make your I will make your hearts uh, like white clean even they are like full of sins or something like that I can't remember well and and he says but those are people he says that God cleanses hearts even they are full of of sin in those who try. I I might be fighting all my life this and, and trying to fight against one passion, but if I am fighting, if God finds me in this mode of resistance, he will finish this my fight. He will cleanse my heart. He will make my soul pure as a white, you know that so so we have to not only pay attention to each passion and to try to resist again, 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 even if we fail, but we should not allow ourselves to go to ignorance or to this uh, state of soul that we say, oh, I don't care. I'm not going to change that. Because fighters are rewarded by God. Can you continue? Hmm? Okay. Other way? Upside down. At the end, you have too many demands. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. How do you know that? <laughs> oh, this is so strange. <laughs> All right, so 94. The devil belittles small sins. Otherwise, he cannot lead us into greater ones. All right, so this is another good spiritual law which uncovers tactic of evil one. Um, the tactic is that evil one always, bef before we sin, he makes the sins very small, not important, like nothing, almost innocent. When we fall to sin, so then usually he attacks us and shows us, oh, you did so big sin to, to lead us to depression. Or he can leave us because when we start this process, when that we say, oh, it's nothing, naturally this nothing, this understanding of sin like nothing uh, will be touching bigger and bigger things and gradually we go to very big problems. I prepared, I think that I, I was saying about that during family probably. Um, I read, it was like experience of, of one priest, Roman Catholic priest from New York. I don't remember church, I don't remember his name, but well, the story I remember is my problem. And he was, talking about in his experience about 
a man for China who came illegally to the United States and he came from uh, this area of China where this persecution of Christians is very intensive. So he came to the United States and this priest was, say, uh, uh, was saying about this, when he met him about this experience, he said that this, this man was so happy, he said, well, if I go to whatever church, it's open. You know, I can go, I can pray, I can go every day from us. You know, it's amazing. You know, this is great. And nobody stops me, nobody follows me, nobody reports me. It's paradise. He was like on fire to, to find like these this possibilities. So he was coming every day faithfully for the Mass and uh, receiving communion. He was coming for confession and still like full of joy. But after like half of, after six months, he started to skip daily liturgies. And he said what to Prisa, well, you know, I have, to, I have a lot of work, I have to work because, well, I have to feed myself and pay rent and everything, and uh, so sometimes it's impossible to get from us. Another few months, and he, and he started to attend only Sunday's liturgies because he was very busy. And then he opened his own, like, uh, buffet. I don't know, it was like, no, not not the restaurant. It was something small, like a karaoke cafe or something like that. Or buffet. Well, okay. uh, so I understood that please that is the buffet. I, I don't know. He was not specific about that. And so he started his own small business. And he pressed oh, from the time preset from the time I even didn't see him for each Sunday for the liturgy. And the priest finished his uh, experience with that, that that last year I saw him on Christmas and Easter, but this year I didn't see him. And he said three and a half years was enough. That he's this beautiful and uh, face which was alive died. And it started with small things, you know, it started with... It reminds with me of what, in, during COVID, people didn't come to church, so they watched it on television. And now they're still watching it on television and not coming to church. Yeah. Well, actually, COVID was good. I like that. COVID was good? Sure. It helped to cleanse church. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can say that, you know. There was, there is no profit from those Christians. <coughs> no, I'm I'm joking about that. But I think that the I think that it explains like what Saint Mark says that if you are not attentive in these small things, we can expect that big things come. Negative things come to our to our life, you know, and um, and and 
probably we all have this experience uh, from our own lives that if we didn't pay attention to one thing, it started to grow. That which is easy, often we take for granted. Yeah. So when, and that seems to be true. I mean, you came from that background where the church is persecuted. There's often a very strong faith, and a very conservative faith, a very dedicated faith. And then once it's gone, once the oppression's gone, it just starts to kind of unwa unravel. So, you know, there, there's, there's dissent, there's, you know, slacking off, there's all sorts of things that go on. Yes, I would not put a lot of, yeah, some on pedestal, you know, this, because for sure, one thing that, like in Slovakia, we had common enemy. And because of that, we were trying to be faithful to our traditions and ways how it was done. And when we got freedom, we were in euphoria. Now we can do a lot of things. There was a lot of vocation at that time. But we lived from this euphoria. And we didn't realize that uh, actually there was not very good formation. It was impossible. We didn't have books. We didn't have anything. You know, we were under this pressure mm -hmm. uh, cause that we hold it together. But then in freedom, you have to really make uh, good decisions. And we were not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And now looking after like 20, how many years it is? 30 years. 30 years, 30 years. yeah. It's about the same time Sarah was born. Yeah, it's, it's um, we are losing young people. The situ situation is not so bad as here in losing young people, but we are, we are losing like middle generation. COVID caused that some parishes lost one third of par parishioners, you know, in many places. And, uh, but we are able to be ahead because here, like these meetings and, and uh, different programs around, we already started to fight with this decline and it brings good fruits. They have to taste this hitting the bottom, you know, to realize to grow. So you are right. You are right, it worked. But I think that what happened was that it's out of topic. I, I just wanted to bring that, that uh, in this euphoria, we missed this important thing to uh, make effort for formation, which was missing, you know? And uh, okay, people were, this, this tradition, this way of life was holding in good, like path, every majority, suddenly, because it was limited with these with restrictions, suddenly when you got freedom and you could make decisions, so, so we started to see that these fundamentals, you know, they were not internal, they were external, which were holding us on good path, one majority of people. And uh, this is sad, I'm very sad for that because I was somehow 
in this euphoria too. I, I just started my like life as a priest in this euphoria and we thought that well now we can change the whole world you know, with this fire there and was not sure. I'm disappointed. All right, let's continue. Tiana, are you there? <laughs> what? She, she put herself on mute, so she, she you, uh, she Okay, but she can... Uh, <laughs> she can hear you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is funny. Okay, let's go. Praise right. from others engenders sinful desire, while their condemnation of vice is not only heard but accepted engenders self-restraint. Oh, this advice of the Holy Fathers are tough, you know, that because um, what we are hearing in from all sides, mm -hmm. it's important to encourage others, too important to acknowledge, too important to, to give praise, you know, like to children, good job, great job, even they did something not no extra, deal, yeah, yeah. yeah, but we, and I am, I am guilty of that, you know, because I do it, to Miron, to Emilia, you know, like, normal things, like, good job, you know, <laughs> it, well, I he know. He runs that. to the bathroom, good job, you peed the pot. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> wonderful, you know, so, so it is, uh, but, but, we can see that, like very often in our society, this trend, and and we don't realize that it leads to, really, to that uh, 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 sinful desires like vain glory, mm -hmm. desire for this glory from the world, and we are acknowledgement, and we are not happy when we don't get it. We blame everybody. We are uh, freaking out. You know, we are depressed. We don't get this. And uh, look, if others they don't play with that, they say, "Well, this is not good. This is not good." And um, I was laughing because I recall my father. Uh, I, probably he. I don't think that he read this. It was just his nature that he never said that something is good. Mm -hmm. uh, his answer was, it can be better. Oh. It can be better. And, uh, well, you adjusted to this, you know, but uh, my mother, she was like many times like a little bit upset because she cooked like, like lunch or supper <laughs> and, and she asked how it is. Can be better. <laughs> so it was like it was it was difficult with him sometimes, but well. But I realized one one moment well that he was right, you know that. Uh, they forced me to to go to like school. We had school and then you can go to uh, afternoon to special schools like art schools so they forced me to go and to play accordion 
I was attending that art school for like five years, the worst years of my life. <laughs> you know, there. Can you play the accordion? No. <laughs> I even hate to look at this <laughs> instrument. <laughs> and uh, they thought, I, I understand, they, they wanted and Well, they chose this instrument because it was the cheapest one, you know, to buy. They couldn't afford more. But well, something different. And uh, when I then I finished because I started to skip when they realized that I am not in mood. So they okay, you don't need. And my brother was so happy because he just he was there like two years, and he was allowed to skip too. I said, well, I had to suffer like five years to gain this permission not to go, and you are so lucky after two years you can. <laughs> Yes, sure, because accordion was home, you know, so. so <laughs> but there was, there was, I remember there was like one uh, concert, because once per year we had to practice something and learn, and then it was like performance, was like uh, yeah, so. And uh, for sure I, I was there and I was, I, well, I was satisfied, but I knew that was not good. You know, but vice versa, all the others were them. Like, <laughs> no better, so. And I remember we went like home after that, and in car, my father turned to me and said, it could be better. <laughs> and I said, I know. <laughs> but I think that he kept us in this, uh, I would say that, Yeah, but but well, now you would say that he was uh, putting to you this feeling or understanding that uh, that you are not good, you are not, you know, that it's something negative. But because I think this feeling, then I can uh, I can uh, see in many other things, you know, that you don't have this confidence, you know, in, in, your, in your heart that is, you are always like asking yourself, well, this was your average, this was not good. And, and this was like all my life with everything. I remember that one example, it was first year, after first year in a parish and there was a group of young people uh, from Bratislava. I, I knew them from seminary. They were hanging out with other seminarians, and they were like these who are on fire for Christ and uh, doing evangelization. So I got phone call. I said, well, from one of that group, I said, well, we are doing this, like we are going to visit like 15 parishes and to do some kind of like program their evangelization so I said where are you going and they asked they were saying here here and I said oh, this wonderful priest another wonderful priest another wonderful priest great he knows how, how to do with use and he said and they want to come they will like this will be big disappointment for them but well anyway I said where I come and I felt so small because I said, what, I have no gifts, you know, I don't have like this, they, they will be disappointed here. 
but well, <coughs> I said, well, whatever, you know, I can, I cannot measure to this other's priest. And, uh, and they were finishing our parish, this like journey. I said, okay, if we are first, so it would not so shame, big shame. <laughs> but if you are ends, so they will compare. Oh, I will say, okay, I will survive that. They will go to that <coughs> cellar. I will not see them again. I, I can survive that. And uh, so they came, they had this, we had good discussions, and uh, nothing special it was, I have to admit. But, but when they were leaving, they said, they were thinking, I said, this was the best experience we had. I couldn't believe. And uh, then I realized, now I, I'm going to connect with what my father was. I, yes, I, I, I could blame him that he was creating this uh, state of mind that, well, Negative self image. Yes, that all oh, others are better, but then I realized that actually it is not bad. If you if you don't have this confidence then you know especially like in this like uh, spiritual life and in this ministry, if you don't have big confidence it is then it helps you. You know that and, and then it's still here, you know that it's so great, like, what I love in our confession room is that Christ is in front of me. And many times, you know, that if somebody asks something and I said, how can I answer that? Uh, and I look at him and ask that, give me, give me instruction. I, I don't know, you know. And usually then, what I try to say, you know, like I, I ask him, well, I cannot, I don't have this strength of power to, what do, what do you want from me, you know? And then you, then you see after a while that what I said it worked. And I, and, and it is always like this feeling of loneliness or not worthiness or this, this not enough confidence. I, like for me, it changed to this that to ask for help and to say, okay, I can do only what I can do. And uh, well, if you called me to serve you, so now you, <laughs> you have to work a little bit too, you know. And uh, so, what I'm trying to say through this is that these holy fathers, they, they. I understand this, this like even what was going on inside. I'm sharing very personal things now, but uh, I can see their wisdom in that, and and maybe they gave me answer what was going on inside me, and and uh, and I think that uh, even through this activity, what my father was doing. And sometimes it was not, you know, you you wanted some kind of acknowledgement. Yeah, I, we knew that it is his habit, you know. But sometimes, ah, you know, you could be more supportive, you know. Yeah, yeah. And 
And but I think that uh, it was good preparation for me in the end. That he didn't build confidence in me. But what he built is this uh, understanding that I depend on somebody else, uh, especially on God, you know. And I think this protected me in, me in uh, many ways, because otherwise I would be probably a very, very horrible person. So there, there are wise, these holy fathers, and and there's a very nice example, you know, like how they were treating and well, uh, for sure there are no monks, so they understood that, but in the uh, life of St. Joseph Hesychast, there is a big part when his disciple shares his experience with this elder, and his Ephraim is that one who uh, founded this monastery in Arizona, San Anthony. And he was saying that when he was like young monk, which was accepted, by uh, St. Joseph and Hezekiah, and he said, he never had good word for me. He was saying, you are lazy, not worthy to wear this habit, and and he was like, never satisfied with anything I have done, and he said, and I always like, yes, 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 you are right, forgive me, forgive me, yes. And when he became like uh, already like after the uh, death of Saint Joseph, somebody told him that about situation when he came as a young monk to to bring something, and um, he was not very skillful with scaring. And so this Joseph was very hard with him, and he put a lot of like you lazy, you have your skills, and not worthy, and again all this his, uh, like all these words, and he said, forgive me, forgive me. He turned, asked for blessing, and all he left. And monks who were there told this Ephraim that when you turn and you started to walk, you could see, we, can, we could see how Joseph was like full of joy and giving you blessing, you know, that, uh, but you didn't see that. He was overjoyed over you, uh, and he, you were like his like favorite disciple, and he always blessed you, and he was always talking very nice of you. Not not before you, uh, for you he had only bad things, you know. And that but makes sense to me because it seems like he's discouraging him to do better. I mean, he, 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 he said, oh, well, I can't do any better than that and give up instead of trying to yeah. try and do better. Sure, he could. But then it also tests his resolve. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... How bad did, did he want it? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was harsh to him uh, mm -hmm. to get out mm -hmm. passions from his heart. Because what you are saying, it means that this is a reaction which is uh, uh, fruit of passions, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, this is, and this is like not, 
something what was what was some kind strange you know that you had if you read these patristic like uh, things you see that these elders they were not nice guys towards those who were the disciples mm. they are very tough because they wanted through this toughness uncover everything what is in their hearts and especially and to bring them to and to teach them what is obedience look like one story that uh, they were working on a garden these younger monks and uh, this elder came and he said you are putting this onion not in good way they they were putting it good way he said I said how are you are supposed to do upside down I said Bless you. They started to put it upside down. Elder said, continue. And they had the best harvest of onions, you know. <laughs> and and or this um, from life of this uh, John the Short. He's very very famous, you know. But his elder ordered him to put dry wooden stick to the ground and to water it until this stick will not start to grow and bring fruit. So it was not, it was probably, well, nonsense. But John, he was doing every day. But the problem was that every day he had to make like a very long journey for the water wow. returned back. So it was like very hard work. And he had another like, duties, but he was doing that every day to water the stick. I think it was three years, I don't remember, but long time. And God was pleased by obedience, but obedience of, uh, of, this, of this monk. He made miracle, and this dry stick started to blow, uh, blow flowers there, and it brought fruit. So this elder uh, took that, I think it was apples, and he brought it to the church, he gave it to other brothers and he said, this fruit is fruit of obedience. Mm -hmm. And now, look, this, this, this virtue obedience, even they were testing you know, it was uh, many times you can find a more impossible, impossible like nonsense. You know, uh, what they were asking, but through these these exercises, they became humble, and they became uh, fast in fulfillment in obedience toward Christ's commandments. Totally. There were no speculation. Yeah, there was no speculation, and I don't say that we should apply this this harsh treating. Now it's it's for monks. Even now, monks don't do this. Maybe somewhere, but <coughs> I don't think that it is somehow. But these these things shows you that. They took it very seriously. You know, like this, this uh, 
uh, especially with connection with this uh, text, uh, if they saw and, uh, that there is this movement towards this bigger glory, vain glory, so they really uh, were trying to help. And, and they were giving them those exercises which would take out this, this passion. And uh, this works. This works, and and well, even like, even like, uh, if we, if we don't have these orders, don't think that it is not God is not doing something similar. God follow or uh, this these uh, this elders they learn from this God's guidance. Look. If we are open to some kind of like with open mind and uh, we we test our life and we test we think about this situation in our life which were especially somewhat painful for us, we can find that maybe at the time we didn't find that maybe we did, but many times those painful situation caused that we started to see something what is in the heart or we were healed by that. Look, if you, if you are serious with uh, the spiritual life and you want to grow in perfectness, holiness, and you ask God to help you, and if there is no like this harsh elder around, you know, and uh, I'm not able to be uh, <laughs> very far from elder, but I don't have this heart to be very harsh, you know. But uh, because of the God can, and he, and he does, he leads us to situation. He allows the situation when in which or through which we can be healed from some kind of. Uh, things and many times it is especially we have to be we have to check all situations which happen especially those not pleasant experiences we have to check in this through these lenses what God is trying to do through this why did he allow that and many times uh, I think that people are the most like attentive and can recognize those situations that are connected with defeating of pride. Because this is very painful when we get to, to situation when uh, we are almost broken by somebody, when all this inside is this, well, the, I, I'm saying when this pride is broken in us, we can call it differently, you know. But the situation caused that we were forced to overcome pride when pride was saying, no, you should not do this. If somebody was pushing to something, you should not do this, you should not, you know, it is, it is like attack against your dignity and whatever. And then you break this obstacle, this pride, and you force yourself to do this. 
And you can see that from that moment, you are a new person. You can feel that. That then another situation which comes, you are m like more fast, you are quicker to answer in correct way. And you start to see that it was pride which caused you to resist. It's a very painful moment, you know, that that you are ashamed, you are asking why you are so, why this person humiliates you so much, and uh, we don't deserve that, and all kinds of things comes, and it's like, and then you have to break it. And, and this is very important, you know, and God does that, so he, many times he acts more harsh than these elders we are talking about because he allows this situation which are painful to teach us something, to form us. And it is happening to us when, uh, even if some people they say, well, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to be good Christian, I'm trying to fulfill commandments, I'm trying to, um, uh, follow God's will and everything, but and why this has happened to me? It is because I want to be. I, it is because I want to be holy. It is because I want to be saved. God is serious about that. Yeah, correct. A couple of things that you were talking about, along with the story with your father, reminded me of this thing of sports athletes, and it's not directly tied, but there is some spiritual side of it. He was a famous athlete, and um, he retired, and he ended up retiring in his hometown where the steam was played out. So everybody kept asking, come coach the junior high, come coach the high school team, come coach, come coach. He'd be a great inspiration. So finally, one day after he's been coached, he comes down and he starts to coach. And the team's packed, you know, 50, 60 kids all wanting to be on this team. And after about three weeks, they're down to like 20 kids. And he ends up pushing these kids and training these kids just like he trained to be the superstar that he was. So much so that both these kids had to play both sides of the ball, offense and defense, instead of having two separate teams. But they went on and they won the championship. So the second year comes out and even more kids join. And he's building this program up and these kids are just powerhouses. Everybody's like, this guy's got the key. You know, you need to follow him. You need to be like him. The third year comes along, and he's got more than enough kids playing on this team. So at the end of the year, unbeknownst to him, a lot of the parents and school teachers and et cetera, et cetera, started giving award out for, you know, whatever, even though you really didn't contribute to the effort. And it kept getting worse and worse, and he was like, why are you giving all these trophies out? You know, they should be the best defensive player, the best offensive player, that's it. And they pressured and pressured and pressured him. And he finally stood up and he says, I'm done, I retire. And they were in absolute shock and awe, you know. The guy was a Christian. And he said, if you do that, you're going to start rewarding them for just showing up to practice. Then you're going to start rewarding them just for getting out of bed. He says, if you continue to do this, he says, you're going to destroy Christianity in America. 
because they're not going to have any drive. They're not going to want to improve. If they don't need to improve, they don't really need prayer. They don't need prayer. They don't really have a belief in God or their sin. And he said it's going to be a domino effect to the point where they don't really believe in God or their God is what they believe God is and how God understands them and where I'm at. He goes, I won't be a part of that. Forget it. And he walked off and people were shocked. And that was in probably the early 1990s when that happened. And you see where we are today. Hmm. The same thing in brief yeah. mediocrity. All right, so that will be enough for today.